What's up, man? Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, it doesn't... You're welcome. You're on... Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah. You're, you're, you're on my podcast. All right. Here, here I am on your podcast. I was thinking about grabbing my headset to do this, but I just re- hit record. Ha. Well, that's cool. That's kind of the spirit of what I'm doing, man. Huh. Like, um, Devin's podcast is all super professional and cool. <laughs> and, uh, Mine is just meant to be like drunken ramblings from my studio where I'm currently sitting. Nice, dude. Very nice. I uh. Yeah. And by yeah. studio, I mean the the room in my garage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also have a studio apartment. <laughs> there you go. See, you are cool. Also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm. Well, I'm currently working on sampling some vinyls right now. For my electronic music, yeah. Here, I'll uh, I'll play it a little bit. Um, I don't know if you've heard of these guys, but this is essentially the track I'm going to use. Yeah. Anyway, that's the idea. That's awesome. Yeah, an old vinyl I found from the Chevelle sisters. So uh, hopefully, you know, they don't sue me. But yeah. I'm not going to make any money off of it. So from what I understand, I'm good to go. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I had to read up on copyright law to be comfortable sampling, you know. <laughs> but Well, I know, like, even Anchor, who I'm using for these things, like, they let you add commercial music. You just can't make any money off of it. Yeah. That's essentially like the be all end all of copyright law when it comes to sampling is as long as you're not making money off of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause yeah. Well, at some point I would like to make some money, but mostly I just want to drive people to look at my art so I can sell huh. it. <laughs> Yeah, see, I think that's how podcasts should be. They should be more like, hey, if you enjoy me enough as a person and talker, then please support me in my other pursuits. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not so great at this, but my my good friend Devin, he and his friend have a podcast, obviously, called Poomps and Match. Mm. Yeah. And it's uh, Poomps and Midgley, I think it's what they do. And it's it's so good that I just want to do my random musings. And you're my first well, guest. Awesome. Because yeah, well I was reading I was reading poetry from like books I've written and old notebooks I found. It's kind of fun and funny. And so I thought I'd ask if you wanted to do something similar. Oh, fantastic. Here, let me see if I can multi-app this. And I have a poem that I recently wrote on my way to work. Great. That's perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Because I have some from like 2006 weirdness out of these tiny little pocket notebooks I used to carry around. And I'm just going to like turn to one and read it without any editing or self-awareness. 
in worrying about whether or not it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and just see what happens. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Do you want do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I don't know. I'd love to hear Okay, you, cool. Man. Well, let's, I'm loading it up here. I need to install a add-on to my notes program on my phone in order to right. view it. But while that's installing, I'll give you a preface, I guess, of how I wrote this poem, if I'm using that word right. Driving to Riverside. It's about an hour and a half away. I'm in the car with my boss. What's crazy right now is uh, we just had a fire in the mountain woods area up here by Laramie. Right a couple years ago and we're recently experiencing another fire but um we hit one of those early snows right where uh it's yeah right. springtime snow so everything's kind of frosted over and very white so <laughs> that it's it's fall yeah so <laughs> me being colorblind we were driving along and i'm looking out the window at the dead burnt trees covered in snow and everything looks like it's monochrome everything looks grayscale Nice. And as a colorblind person, I kind of yeah. freaked out a little bit internally <laughs> Okay. because I was like, oh, no, <laughs> have I lost all of the color now? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, don't tell anyone, but I'm a painter and I, too, am a bit colorblind. Um, oh, I never knew that. I have problems. Yeah, most people don't. I don't really share it freely. Like, um. I have problems with red and green. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to tell a story of um, I was at a, uh, a birthday party for Miles when he was really little and uh, they were playing kickball. And this is in, in Kansas, right? So the grass is green as shit. It's the middle of summer. It's super bright mm. green. And they thought, well, surely we'll paint bright red bases with you know, red spray paint, uh, and nobody will have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. So I go to play, and I'm like, um, so I don't see any bases, guys. And I'm like, oh, they're out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, great. But I kick the ball, and I run out in the field, and they don't believe me that I can't see the bases. And I'm like, I'm going to have to have you yell at me when I'm <laughs> on the base because I cannot physically see. Oh, wow. Where the base is, so I'm just gonna kind of run around in circles until I'm on base, if that's cool. Yeah, and I can kind of tell tonally. I could tell tonally, so that's how I tell color, is by mm. tone. And I could tell tonally where the base might be, but I couldn't exactly see it. It was really fun. I've been colorblind my whole life, and uh, when I was a lighting designer for theater, I had I did not tell anyone that I was colorblind for those yeah. same reasons. In yeah. that. I can definitely do it and I can make the colors exactly how they're supposed to be, but you don't want to hear how I do that. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna like, yeah. yeah. So like, I, I just wouldn't tell people, you know, cause then like, they just like, wouldn't trust me that this stuff right. was how it was supposed to be. Yeah. And nothing's more embarrassing than losing a red froth disc in a green field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've Your buddies there. are like, dude, it's right fucking here, man. <laughs> yeah. Like you're standing <laughs> above it, you dipshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I don't. Anyway, I don't buy a red was... disc. 
that was the start of this poem. I'm going to try to load it up here. Can you do it without losing connection? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Then I think so. Cool. Okay, so here we go. Um, cool. Also, the other preference is I, I tried to write a sonnet, but this is not a, a sonnet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, mine eyes upon winter grayscapes, thoughts hers, passions smolder from ancient loves I hold. None were fire enough to melt this cold. Reflections warm this heart, memory serves. Passing monochrome forests, frosted plains, sagebrush I've stepped over viewing mountains. Looks shared cliffside darkness, stargaze countings. Solid, unlike our love, fainted remains. Esteemed regards burning this love I keep. I hold it closer when winter bites me, repressing, forgetting. Oh, man. I lost you right in the middle of that. What a shame. It only goes for about a minute and a half, it seems. Do you remember what I said last? No, but that was okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well. It kind of it worked, man. Yeah, there you go. There's a, there's a, a, a bit of a taste, I suppose, then. <laughs> I, I got to say, like... I really dig a couple of lines in there, like um, stepping over sagebrush to view mountains. Like that's cool as shit. Like I, that's totally evokes real memory for me, man. Yeah, I, I think that's like I like to try to embody Wyoming in any way that I can into my poetry, and I yeah. feel like that's something I think almost every Wyoming person has done at some point. Yeah, because the sagebrush is beautiful, but we don't really think about it like that because it's everywhere. You know, yeah, you, it's just something to step over. I like it. Yeah, it's just something to step over. Yeah, you know, you... that's something. That's something I definitely noticed when I came back, like after having lived away for so long. How much I missed the desert and the sagebrush and those insignificant things that most people just drive by, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of want to read the rest of it, but. I do it. Well, okay. Let me see how, how I can do this. I think I can like load it up. Ah, fucking Samsung phones. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think there's some way to do this, of course, but I'm just not really sure how that goes. I wish I could. Maybe I'll just go back and forth here a little bit. All right. All right, so let's go with esteemed regards burning this love I keep. I hold it closer when winter bites me, repressing, forgetting. I faint a try. Thick, murky, full-bodied, this tea I steep. Love brewing bittersweet cream, this coffee. Heating my soul, cozy comfort, peace dry. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh -huh. Remembering love warming my lost heart, in the frigid morning, a new I start. And that would be it. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, like how you know it's not a sonnet uh, for the poetry listeners that you have that are very snooty with their glasses and are going to tell me 
well, that's not a sonnet because you wrote a uh, Petruchian rhyme scheme sonnet with a Shakespearean couplet, <laughs> making it <laughs> with the so the Shakespearean couplet actually adds two lines, making it no longer the amount of lines for a sonnet. <laughs> so let me just put you at ease for a second. I currently have exactly zero listeners. <laughs> ah, <so>. okay. <laughs> well, they're gonna back catalog <laughs> this, dude. They're going to back catalog. They're going to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, man, that wasn't a sonnet. That guy (laughs) is full of shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I really like the the structure and rhyme scheme of sonnets, you know, but I just haven't been able to write any that I really enjoy yet. But that one was close. I don't know if I'm just lazy as hell, but I can't ever seem to write poetry in a particular form. Mm, I see. I think I, it's in my brain. Just outpaces any kind of rules I try to place on it. Yeah, I uh, I particularly like forms. I and I feel a little guilty about it because some most of my uh, favorite poets and most of the people I know who write poetry don't use form. You know. So that's cool. I like to read poetry in form. I just I'm not good at it. Um, so the lazy part of me just avoids it. But I think it's it's definitely a, a great way to push yourself to new creative heights, you know? Yeah, and I, I feel All like, right. it, yeah, it, it reins me in enough to uh, actually write it out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, well, I will match your poem with another one. Um, I don't know what this is. Uh, this looks like a piece. Um, it's from a notebook that I found that I used to carry in my pocket, it's, man, I would say about, I don't know, 90% empty, but it's got some stuff in it. Um, I wrote this piece right after a friend of mine died from skin cancer. Ah, uh, I remember. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, you remember Zach. I do, yeah. I only met him a, a handful of times, but I do remember him. Yeah, so... This poem, I don't know what it is, and um, I'm going to read it without editing it. And it looks like I kind of tried to edit it, so I will just, um, I don't know, I'll just roll with it and see what happens. Yeah. All right. So this is unpracticed. I don't know what it is, but it's called uh, For Zach. Apropos, I guess, huh? I wrote this in October, October of 2006. All right. I almost, I almost always spot the season first. Sneaking glimpses of summer through a periscope in the deep of trees. In this dished earth, morning's last breath cannot escape the grip of naked trees. I breathe deep the essence of my friend, touch his cool, damp hair in my memory, remember when he had none, a neat cube of fence poles on the eastern hill, a pyre. As a sliver of sun lights the thick, it moves the edge of sight.
that's it. Yeah. You know, um, it reminds me, well, and maybe just because of how you prefaced it, I was thinking of uh, Rodrigo Garcia's poem where he, uh, it's, you know, a memoir style poem for a friend of his that has that had passed. Um, I wish I could remember the name because that's, of course, the title. But um, whenever they mention friend in those things, friend is carried as, I think, a much heavier word in a poem about someone, yeah. you know, because like it's something right. that's sort of assumed all the all the time. But when you say friend in a poem for someone, especially as a eulogy of, of sorts, then, yeah, I, I just think the power of friend is, is so cool in that in that setting, because that's what friend always it means. Is. But we don't really know that it's meant like that until we hear it in a poem. Lovely. Thank you. That was nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with me because I, I don't know. I just kind of came across it and wanted to read it before I talked about art or painting or whatever, but it's cool to talk to you in this kind of situation. Yeah, I would be more more than happy to uh, share more poems upon your podcast, Poetry Corner. Awesome. Yeah, this this week on Poetry Corner. <laughs> we'll share a sonnet, not sonnet, and other poems. And and we'll douche together as one, <laughs> and and live in harmony while we frolic amongst the heather. <laughs> yeah. See now, I talked about how friend meant more i i feel when you say it in a poem i feel like frolic means less <laughs> <laughs> frolic is just an incredibly inappropriate word and should never be used in poetry. yeah it just like it, it seems like something people say because like there's a word that's not in my normal uh, like vo <laughs> uh, vocabulary frolic perfect put right, it in right. the poem <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah the frolic and then like um what else? Hyphenating words and um, truncating words yeah. like monks. Yeah. Just say fucking among, man. That's what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like I, I struggled with poetry in college because my poetry had too many hard edges, I guess. And um, it's kind of like Bukowski, right? Like unless I was a drunk womanizing piece of shit, nobody was going to appreciate what I was writing. Mm. So I would go to these contests that I would get voted into somehow and I'd travel to, but I'd always end up in the room with like the honorable mentions <laughs> 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 or the also rands. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. And they would just read this kind of poetry that would just make me like cringe. Mm. And like want to die a death like fucking robert smith and sing about mm. it mm. <laughs> but but then i would be reading in that same group and i would wonder is this what people think of my poetry uh, i mean <laughs> you know i feel like it's weird with poets because it's like do you think you're a good poet or do you think you just love poetry are like the two schools yeah. of it. And if you think you're a good poet, you almost always look down on other poets. But if yeah. you just love poetry, then you will never like, you know, so like it just kind of depends on the attitude. I feel like if the poetry made you want to die, they probably think they're a good poet.
And I think that's the worst thing you can do in poetry is think that you're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of stop trying to find a real voice in that case. Yeah, you lose your honesty. Yeah, honesty is an interesting word there, right? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. poetry, in a way, is is manufactured and never really honest. It's kind of like the shit that I paint. Like, mm. I yeah, I can see that, but I guess what I mean is like, um, it's letting yourself have those vulnerabilities of saying words and saying things that you feel like truly embodies it, even if maybe other people don't see it that way. But I feel like if you're being a dishonest poet, you're using words in the way of like, well, this is what poetry sounds like. And this is what people want to hear. Yeah, for damn sure. That was always my criticism in, in um, poetry workshops as an undergrad. I would sit in there and I would just listen to all the same fluffy shit. And I got to tell you, man, like, I don't know. Part of me just like absolutely fucking hates poetry because so, so much of it is exactly what you're describing. It's just, it's just cheesy. And yeah, it's, it's language masturbation in a really bad way. Not like masturbation. Like I'm going to get myself off here, but like I'm constantly edging and just hoping somebody will come along who wants to take my cum on their face mm. because it's mm. it's just horrible. <laughs> and I would I would let people know this, and I don't know, nobody ever listened to me, but they are the ones who won contests, and I was not. So it just made me totally disheartened in the case of poetry, I guess. But... My saving grace is that there are people like William Ginsburg and Jack Kerouac and fucking Bukowski who wrote these terrible piece of shit poems that give me hope (laughs) (laughs) that some people are just using it as a creative body to express something, right? Yeah, I really particularly like that with uh, Kerouac. And also, I will say, you said William Ginsburg. I believe you meant Allen Ginsberg or William S. Burroughs, but William Ginsberg. No, is I, that meant, a poet? I meant both of them as one. I meant both of them as one fucking person. Eric. Oh, because you said them with <laughs> commas in between. I'm dumb. William. No, no, you're not Ginsberg, dumb. Ginsberg, Kerouac. Not, yeah. No, nope, nope. You're you're not dumb. I portmanteaued that shit together. <laughs> um, I've been drinking for a while now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm hungover today. But mostly because, uh, well, I formed a band last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went and saw my buddy's band play, the Barstool Brothers, my friend Bill Elliott and his <laughs> friends. And uh, these guys who are, you know, a decent drummer and this other sort of singer-songwriter acoustic guy. And they did sort of a dual acoustic blues rock show with a drummer. And I was like, well, that's cool. But what you really need is a bassist. And they're like, hey, you play bass. And I'm like, I, I certainly do. And I would love to play bass for you guys. So that's basically how it went out. Yeah. So next week I'll be playing with them. But are they married? Are they married to that name? Because Barstool Brothers is pretty bad. Well, let me put it this way. The band that I was in with Bill previously, which was me on a cajon and Bill playing acoustic, was called Bill and the Boys. So 
<laughs> yeah, there were two of us, and one of them was Bill. And we go to shows and be like, we're Bill and the boys. I'm Bill. He's the boys. <laughs> like, Bill, I don't think you understand how plural nouns are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bill, I mean, we we just thought it was funny because I guess the plan with that band was always to like have our other open micer type friends, you know, just join in with us on on shows. So they would just always be the boys, but it just turned out to always be just me. So, <laughs> wow. wow. But yeah, now uh, Barstool Brothers is the band he's going with, and they seem to like that name. So, and it works for Wyoming, I guess. Yeah, nice. nothing too fancy. Just a regular blues rock group. I'll uh, I'll send you, I'll Facebook Live something or or something when the next time we do a show. So. Uh, yeah, I don't do so. No, this is kind of funny because it sounds pretentious now that I've stopped, but I don't really, I'm not really doing Facebook at the moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to Instagram live it. Does that help? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> so same, same company, right? But my Instagram is, um, significantly better curated than my Facebook. Yes. So I don't see all the same like garbage. Yes. Also, Facebook is just like, I mean, uh, what's cool about Instagram, I feel, is you kind of have to post a picture if you're going to say anything, right? So, like, I think people automatically just put a little more effort into what they're going to say, you know, like with that. Yeah. Like, whereas Facebook is kind of like has a Twitter element in that, you know, they can just go on a status and just be like, oh, man, I just woke up and took a shit. So I decided to write this. Huh? you know for sure and that's why i'm not really yeah, into really facebook does. or twitter because i don't give a crap all right man well um so in the interest of not letting these things go too long because i personally hate listening to podcasts that are over 25 or 30 minutes mm. um i'm gonna wrap this up with like one more poem but i'd be happy to chat with you more off podcast if you're down uh yeah i really have to make these beats here but uh well i'll let you go then i'm gonna paint so yeah how um, about i give you a call tomorrow though and i can tell you about life and stuff we can have a long conversation that works i'm free i um i'm off thank you for having me on your podcast um... i really appreciate it Thanks for joining me and thank you for sharing your poem. I'm just going to read one more. Yeah, to go. Let's hear it. If you want to comment, if you want to comment, you can, but uh, I might just roll. I would like this. to comment and I probably will, unless it's, but if it's right. really good, maybe I won't. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. I just opened to a random page in this leather that is. Um, yeah. I just want you to know. If you ask me, I'll enter cross threshold on my hands. So there's no way I'll start out on the wrong foot. That's the end, right? Yep. Oh, well then. Um, I will hold my previous statement and no comment. I really enjoyed that. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Very nice. Nice talking to you, Aaron. Enjoy your beats. You have a good one, man. Thanks, man. We'll see you next week on Poetry Corner.
Yeah, buddy. <laughs> my my podcast is called Art and Apples. What's it, uh, next week on Arts and Apples. Yeah. Awesome. Later, man. Later, man.